Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Please keep your arms and legs inside the podcast at all times. Before I continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. First, I wanted to give a shout out to everyone that I was able to meet this week in Orlando, whether it was at Podcast Movement or the Multitude Meetup or the few people that I saw who recognized me at Universal. It was really nice meeting a bunch of lovely Potterless listeners, and I had a wonderful, wonderful time. On the live show front, the next thing on the docket, which is coming relatively soon, is Boston. So there will be a multitude live show in Boston, and I will be at LeakyCon in Boston, both coming the same weekend in October. So if you want information on the multitude portion, you can head to multitude.production slash live and stay tuned for updates about Potterless at LeakyCon because I'm still figuring out my involvement with the programming team. But let's shift over to things I do know, and I do know that we have some new amazing patrons to welcome to the team. So shout out to Natasha McCaleb, Casey, Ellie Belly, Hannah, Joanne, Ellie Fortstadt, Graham Wilson, Jean Desard, Ayer Delphin, Lior Nackham, Megan Kirby, Catherine Jolly, Michelle Simpson, Christina Totino, Stephanie Rizg, Sabine Bereild, David Douglas, Michael Kamituich, Megan Dick, Elva Erlinsdotter, and Heather Bootsen. Shout out to Adam Graham, Bugaboo, and Thanos Kuvaras who upgraded their pledge. A name correction for Kayla Simino. And shout out to our new producer-level patrons, Emma Clark and Hermani Snape. They join the ranks of Vicky, Aaron, Jesse, Natalie, Cloud, Frank, Marchismo, Samantha, Juan, Abid, Rosemarie, Marie, Lisa, Romina, Kamel, Russell, Audra, Eleanor, Sydney, Rosanne, Nikita, Taylor, Ali, Amelia, Sean, Sarah, Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Orchid, Vivian, Takari, Haley, Mo- Not my moster, you bitch! Angelina, Ross, Marie, Alex, Brian, Caitlin, Grace, Raul, Ingen, Mari, Alex, John, Noel, Tao, Emily, Robin, Will, Liz, Mariah, Brandon, Sarah, Claire, Gloria, Sarah, Patrick, Alicat, Hallie, Veronica, Kevin, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Colleen, Jennifer, Friday, Ivor, Naomi, Tyler, Summer, Heather, Vera, Kerry, Andrea, Ella, Anthony, David, Elisa, Lynn, Cameron, Justin, Christine, Jacob, Toothless, Maya, Mark, Polly, Surjanetta, Tumnus, Remy, Matt, Sarah, Nona, Zena, Colleen, Harlan, Sheldrop, Noelia, Addie, Brian, Jenny, Nikki, Kara, Dorcas, Courtney, Kine, Amanda, Sabrina, Alicia, Kafir, Lindy, Martha, Benjamin, Sky, Mart, Sarah, Peter, Yash, Marta, Stephanie, Justine, Aaron, CJ, Eileen, Violet, Kat, Lindsay, Fielding, Keegan, Miranda, Gail, Mr. Folk, Heather, Adam, Christina, Maya, Zachary, Kieran, Heaven, Callahan, Christy, Lily, Wire Warrior, Floor, Siri, Georgia, Vile, Itzel, Mitch, Al, Topher, Peter, Candy, Skyla, Edel, Kelsey, Ellie, Professor Threat, Kelly, Alubin, Maleo, Lena, Daniel, Rebecca, Lili, Lee, Elizabeth, Abby, Lika, Michael, Earmuffs, Kara, Tiffany, Kelly, Nadia, Andrea, Courtney, Sparkle Cat, Carrie, Jamie, Lissy, Camillo, Connie, Janet, Mary, Immo, Maylin, Anastasia, Jaden, Nedry, Matt, Riley, Will, Zephyr, Artemis, Lauren, Aurora, Brett, Connor, Kayla, Can't I Potter, and Yes I Can, who never forget to take off their hats before boarding a roller coaster that clearly states all hats must be removed. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to bonus episodes, exclusive live streams, exclusive merchandise, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Potterless. But without further ado, let's get into episode 89 of Potterless, covering the second half of chapter 36, plus the epilogue, the final book episode of Potterless, guest starring my fiance, Kelly Beckman.
Hello, Internet, and welcome back to another episode of Potterless, the tale of a grown man reading a bunch of children's novels. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined once again by my fiance, the reason that this podcast started, Kelly Beckman. Kelly, how's it going? It's good. Well, you'll still be Kelly Beckman by the time this comes out. <laughs> Yes. Eventually. Not that. That'll be a fun one when I have you on and I have to call you Kelly Schubert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aurora, or, or you're soon to be my. Mm -hmm. She's my favorite thing that I'm going to be inheriting. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you inheriting? Nothing. <laughs> like, last name, Aurora. Aurora. I guess my sister. I, yeah, your yeah. sister, your parents. Don't tell them. But I'm just, no. Everyone agrees that Aurora is the best person in excited. the family. It's not a contest. I'm excited for her to be my actual niece. But we asked her the other day what my last name was, and she said Schubert because she, our relationship is older than she is, so she doesn't understand a world where we're not together. Or she just learned the concepts of last names, and just she's two us, and a half, and puts, us, <laughs> and puts together. us together. Yeah. Anytime someone talks about me to her, she always has to butt in and go, "And Kelly," yeah. which is very nice. <laughs> Does she do that if anybody talks about me? I'm not sure, but she definitely, if they're talking about me, yeah. <laughs> definitely <laughs> Kelly is made sure to be added in. So Aurora's your biggest fan. You're good. I love her. I love her too. So we left off just before Harry and Voldemort were about to duel. So let's pick it up with the action. So Voldemort has just attempted to kill Molly and Harry has revealed himself. Harry and Voldemort then start circling each other, which, as you mentioned last episode, has some big Lion King vibes, which classic I'm very excited Simba about. Classic Simba Mufasa. I have heard because I asked you. Not Simba Mufasa. Classic Simba and Scar. That's <laughs> the second time you've messed it up. <laughs> Apparently I do need to go see the movie again. <laughs> so... I had asked you about this, and you did tell me they don't actually circle each other in the movie. They just, like, stand and go back and forth. Do you want me to tell you what they just, do? Just do they circle each other? Is there a part where they're walking mm, in a circle? I don't talking? think so. It's so much worse than just standing and talking at each other, though. Gross. You'll I know see. there is a weird, awkward Draco hug thing that That's happens. That's weird, too. Yes. Uh, what is very fun about this is them circling each other is a fun visual for the narrator to reveal. Mm -hmm. But what's extra fun is that he says that they start circling each other and then they talk for like 12 pages. Yeah. So I'm imagining them circling each other for a good five minutes. They're getting their steps in. Like they're really hitting up their Fitbits. Both went off. Like, blah, 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 you hit 10,000 for the day. <laughs> they get a lot of steps in in this. So yeah. they're circling each other. Harry says that he doesn't want anyone else to help. And he says that it has to be him. Voldemort says that's not true. And he starts taunting him, asking, who's going to be your human shield this time? Harry says no one. He says that the Horcruxes are gone and it's just them. This is the first reveal that everybody in this room has had that Horcruxes either exist and that Voldemort was using oh, them. wow. I did not even think of this. So in my mind, I'm just like, is everybody like, what did he just say? Like, what? <laughs> is Slughorn like, oh, shit, I did this. I hoped I didn't cause it, but I did. Like, are the Death Eaters like, is that why he seems to be immortal? He's not really? Like, this is the first anybody's heard about it. It would have been really funny if Harry says the Horcruxes are gone, and then someone from the back goes, What's that? <laughs> How did that sound on the microphone, Brandon? <laughs> For reference, I walked to the nearest wall of the studio and yelled into it. Into but the yeah, corner. Into <laughs> the corner and yelled it. Yeah, it'd be very funny if Ron's like, what? <laughs> like the, the Horcrux equivalent of, I'm a what? <laughs> and like Lupin, who begged them essentially to reveal what they were up to, now is like, oh, that's what they were up to. And Molly, who tried to- Did you say to Lupin? 
Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Did you forget that Lupin died? Oh, I'm going to cry. It's, it's just hitting me all over again. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Kelly is wiping away tears from her eyes. <laughs> anyway, you were saying? Oh. Or like Fred, you know, tried to. <laughs> <laughs> or like Quirrell. Is... Yeah. But no, like Molly tried to keep them from doing whatever. And mm-hmm. like a lot of people tried to figure out what they were doing. Oh, yeah. It'd be really funny if Molly's like, that's what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's funny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So it says that the Horcruxes are gone. It's just them. And then he cites the prophecy saying that one of them will live and the other will die. And Harry plans on being the one that lives. Voldemort collapsed back saying, you think it will be you, do you? The boy who survived by accident and because Dumbledore was pulling the strings? Which I think is a good insult version of the boy who lived. Yes, it is. (laughs) Is your voice going to hurt after doing Voldemort for so long? Because he talks for a while. No, I can do this. I'm ready for this moment. I will give a shout out to everyone on Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, who has told me that now anytime they read Voldemort or hear an audiobook version of it, they imagine my voice instead doing the Voldemort (laughs) voice, which is good. Because my Voldemort voice is ridiculous, but it is distinctly different than what Jim Dale or Stephen Stephen Fry Fry do. Yeah, I think Jim Dale's is really solid. Stephen Fry's isn't intimidating enough. It's not scary. It's yeah. not like high pitched and biting enough. Yeah, but sure it's still is. good. Stephen Fry is the one that I listened to first. Yes, I've been listening to him the most. I was started with Jim Dale, and then everyone was like, "You gotta listen to Stephen Fry." And then I listened to Stephen Fry's, and I liked them better. Harry cites that those saving moments, his mother, him deciding to fight and gobble to fire, everything that just happened with him willingly accepting death, whatever, were not accidents. He says that they're not accidents, but Voldemort then just screams, accidents, in reply, (laughs) which, good point, Tom. It's fate, Tom. Come on. Duh. Voldemort says that he has killed all of the greater wizards that Harry has ridden the coattails of. Harry says that Voldemort won't be killing anyone any longer, says that he was ready to die in order to defeat Voldemort. When Voldemort says that he didn't die, Harry says, yes, but I meant to, which I think is just kind of funny. Be like, no, I tried to die. I really did. (laughs) But on a more impactful note, says that him trying to die and having the intent to die is what did it. He's done the same sort of thing that his mother did. So as you mentioned in the last episode, it's it's sort of as if he's amplified or made a new version of the love charm that his love for everyone else has kind of made him and everybody else a little more powerful or at the very least weakened Voldemort. I don't think it makes them more powerful. I think that it shields them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because everything that happens is just either Voldemort's charms not working yeah. or... Harry not feeling the pain of Crucio. So yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Hey, editing Mike here. Something that is similar to what we're talking about here that people brought up after I posted last week's episode is that a reason that Voldemort's spells such as the Crucio or the other silencing charms, a reason that those could not be working is because of the whole Elder Wand not wanting to do things against Harry because he's the true owner, etc. I'm not sure what the exact reasoning is, but I think this is a really interesting theory. So who's to say? I'll have to ask JK one day when I secure that interview. Harry then cites how Voldemort's charms aren't working, and then he says, quote, you don't learn from your mistakes, Riddle, do you? Which 
I think that's really good. And clearly someone on the other hockey team just got a penalty because this is the ultimate power play. I I disagree. Why? He's a 17-year-old. He's a 17-year-old boy yeah. talking to a 75-year-old man. Uh-huh. It's different when Dumbledore calls him Tom. Then it has like impact and power and he's he has like he called him Tom first and he's like, I'm not conforming to this new identity that you have, mm-hmm. as opposed to Harry, who's like, let me try to puff up my chest and call him Riddle. Even though like I would not call an adult like an adult that I didn't know well, I wouldn't be like Yo, Schubert to your dad or something. I wouldn't like I don't know. I just wouldn't I, I feel like it's like him puffing up his chest in a disrespectful way and like it's supposed to come off as cool and it's not. And maybe I'm biased because of the way they did it in the movie. It's super cringeworthy in the movie. I think that might be it because I think it's great just because it's he doesn't make it ridiculous. He just kind of slips it in there. And it's not like a whole big show of thing, but he does know that it's going to make Voldemort upset, which I think is important. He's got to keep Voldemort on his toes a little bit. And I see what you're saying, and it makes sense for an adult, but I think it's a little different when this person has just murdered all of your friends. I don't yes. know that you need to worry about being disrespectful. No, no, no. It just it just comes off as awkward and clunky to me. Mm. I don't think he should be respecting Voldemort. I just think it's awkward and clunky and makes him look like he's puffing up his chest unnecessarily. I'm totally biased by the way this went down. The movie. Okay. Yeah. Just I got to say, wait. from reading this, I was hype as we'll hell. We'll watch the scene that. together, please. Voldemort replies with, You dare? And Harry cuts him off saying, Yes, I dare, which I think is also very good. Harry then goes on to say that he knows things that Voldemort doesn't know. No, he goes on to say, He goes on to say, I know lots of important things. <laughs> and I just imagine he's like, I know lots of important things, okay? I know so many things. I know that if you put bananas in the refrigerator, they'll actually ripen quicker. So if you want them to last, you shouldn't do that. I know so many things, okay? I know that if you open a banana from the other side, it can sometimes be easier. And that's actually how monkeys do it. And the tabs are just a human designed to try to be easier to open. That is not how monkeys do it. They do it upside down. No, they do it from the center. I thought it was they do it upside down. Break it. And eat from the center. Okay, rule of three is I have to do my third banana fact joke, which is, I know that there's only one type of banana now, and they taste differently than they used to back in the day, and Runt's Candy Bananas, that artificial banana flavor, actually is what bananas used to taste like, but they don't taste like that anymore. What? Yup. What? Mm-hmm. Wait, there's only one type of banana? Is in, like, plantains are the same thing? No, but plantain is a different fruit. It's like, you know how there's gala apples and Fuji apples and yeah. pink ladies? There used to be multiple types of banana, but now there's pretty what? much just one type of banana and it's the bananas that we know and love but apparently back in the day before they somehow went extinct of sorts bananas used to also taste like oh yeah just stronger flavors and taste like what that artificial banana flavor tastes like didn't know the more you know potterless providing fun facts since 2016 Anyway, Harry knows a lot of things. Harry Potter. All about Harry knows all about bananas. So many important things. So Harry goes on to say that he knows things that Voldemort doesn't, and he asks if Voldemort wants to hear them before he before he makes another mistake. Tell me a bedtime story, Harry. <laughs> Voldemort scoffs at the thought of him just revealing that it's love all over again. And Voldemort says that Harry must think that he either knows more magic than Voldemort or possesses a weapon more powerful than the Elder Wand, a.k.a. the Death Stick. 
Harry says that he believes he has both. And Voldemort replies, you think you, in italics, know more than I do, than I, in italics, than Voldemort, who has performed magic that Dumbledore himself never dreamed of? And Harry claps back with, oh, he dreamed of it, but he knew more than you, knew enough not to do what you've done. That's a good one. That's very good. I also still just see him puffing up his chest unnecessarily. (laughs) Voldemort calls Dumbledore weak. Harry says that, no, he was just cleverer than you. Voldemort says that he brought about the death of Dumbledore, and Harry hits him with the dopest, well, actually, ever. He clarifies that Dumbledore chose his manner of dying, and that manner of dying was Snape, who was not actually loyal to Voldemort, but instead was loyal to Dumbledore. So Dumbledore died on his own terms. Yes. Did you know this already? Yes. You learned this from the Snape chapter, right? Yes, but this is the first time Voldemort learns about it. Up until now, Voldemort didn't know that Snape was a double agent. He Mm -hmm. just knew that he had to kill Snape in order to make the Elder Wand his. What happens to Snape's body? Does anybody ever go back for it? It's still in the Shrieking Shack. To this day. (laughs) (laughs) Voldemort does not answer. They continue to circle themselves, the narrator notes. So they're still (laughs) circling themselves. We just saw Hades Town. So I'm just imagining, you know how they have that like circular stage? That rotates. That rotates. (laughs) That's what I'm imagining now in my head. (laughs) That's very good. And they're walking in the direction that it's spinning. So they're 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 going going really fast. Yeah. Harry keeps going on about the Snape thing, revealing the whole Doe Patronus situation, which I don't like. And I do want to clarify, I don't like that Patronuses are inherently linked to the person that you are supposed to be with, because it just makes me think that if you went on a first date with someone, you'd ask someone, what's your Patronus? And then if your things weren't compatible, then you'd start having doubts about your relationship. It just feels weird to me that the Patronuses are always pairs. Well... I don't think that's necessarily true. Unless they change a lot more than we know. And also you can, you, yeah, you can change. Your Patronus can change as you meld into a relationship and you become more like the other person. Yeah. But like Ron's is like what? A Jack Russell Terrier and mm-hmm. Hermione's an otter? Jack Russell Terriers chase otters. What? It's a noted thing that Jack Russell Terriers like to chase otters. Seriously? Yes. So that's why their things are- I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, what's, so- what's Ginny? A horse, right? I think so. Uh, a horse and a stag. That's like pretty close. Right? All right. What's Molly and Arthur? Arthur's is a USB drive. <laughs> no, it's a rubber duck. <laughs> a rubber duck. That's good. I'm going to look this up real look quick. Look it up. But I just think that it should be a thing of individuality. And what people have told me is that, yeah, but it's the thought of your happiest moment that can influence it, which, you know, Harry's being a stag kind of makes sense because of his dad. But then why is Hermione's an otter? Did she go to the zoo as a muggle and have a really good time? Uh, no, just... it's, it's more emblematic about your personality. Right. And that's why I don't think that it they necessarily have to be linked because I think it should just be about the person, not necessarily about the person that they love. I think that you and I are very different people, but I think we fit together nicely as a couple, but I wouldn't say that our Patronuses have to necessarily match. What's your Patronus on Pottermore? Brandon just sent me a link for what what all the, the Weasley Patronuses are. Wow, super are. producer Brandon Grugel in the booth. Um, Molly's is unknown, though the uh, fandom believes it's a mother bear, which suits her. And is Arthur is bear? known... Uh, it's shown in, this, shown in the seventh book, and he's a weasel. Uh, well, Maybe something to do with his surname. It has to be. Fred and George were a hyena and a coyote. That makes so much sense. And when Fred passes away, 
George's very well could have morphed into a hyena. I've heard that. (laughs) You remember that Lupin died again. (laughs) I can't believe that happened. Anyway, what's your Patronus? I'm a dolphin. Okay, and mine is a fox. I like this. I like that they're different. I, I, and I think that they both make sense for both of us. I do think that they do, yeah. Yours is smart and agile and... Playful. Yes. And I do love to swim. It's like flying. Mm-hmm. And mine is clever and cunning and... Cute. And, thank you. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Great hair. <laughs> Somewhere between a cat and a dog, which is what you are. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Hey, editing Mike again. Some people have brought up to me, how do you know Lily's Patronus changed to match James's? Couldn't it have been the other way around? And this is a possibility, but the fact that James's Animagus is a stag makes me think that his Patronus also is a stag, and thus Lily changed to match his. We don't know for sure. That's just my guess here. So anyway, Harry reveals the doe thing. Voldemort says, yeah, Snape desired her, but he told me that there were other women, those of pure blood, worthier of him and Harry essentially hits him with the well yeah of course he told you that you idiot and he's like duh Voldemort says well that doesn't matter and just tries to flex on outsmarting Dumbledore and taking control of the Elder Wand even though his plan was to have it stay with Snape Harry admits that this is true, but asks Riddle, explicitly says Riddle again, to consider having some remorse. Says, quote, be a man, try for some remorse. Voldemort again says, you dare? And Harry says, yes, I dare. Because Dumbledore's last plan hasn't backfired on me at all. It's backfired on you, Riddle. And there's a couple things here. First off, I really like the whole I dare, you dare. I think that should be a more popular quote. I'm surprised that isn't thrown around more than always. Like, always is some bullshit. Harry saying, yes, I dare, twice? That's really good. Yeah, oh, no, it's it's good. The, the always thing, I just... I've never understood why that stands out so much. I do have a mug that says that. Right, but it's it. just because so much of a merchandise thing is always... I don't understand. Yeah. I feel like, yes, I dare is so much better. No, that is better. In the same way that Can't I Potter oh, yeah. is good. Like, yes, I dare mm-hmm. is also very good. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was, like, as romanticized as always. I think it should be. Yeah. Oh, he dares. (laughs) But the other thing, is there a reason why Harry is asking him to have remorse? Is this like a last ditch effort to make Voldemort give up being a bad guy? It seemed a little out of place. Well, he says, I see what you will become, Hmm. which is the thing in the train station. Oh, the flayed baby. Yeah. Is that what that is? I was so confused about what the flayed baby is. I still baby, don't know what the flayed baby is. I haven't gotten to your episode where you discuss that. Well, that hasn't even come out. Okay. Yet, so you have a pass on that. <laughs> so the flayed baby, I thought, represented the piece of Voldemort's soul that also went there to be judged to die or not oh, to die. interesting. Like Harry was this glowing figure in all white. No, he was naked. Was he naked? He was naked. Oh, in the movie, he's in all white. Well, understandably so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's naked with just well, a horse in front of him, like in the play. <laughs> <laughs> he's naked and then he asks for, a, or he thinks yeah. to himself that he needs a robe and then he puts on a robe. Right. He's kind of this pure form that is just himself, mm-hmm. whereas we see Voldemort's soul which is a flayed baby. Right. And and I think that's what Harry's referring to here when he says, I see what you will become. I see uh, what the afterlife is for you. I oh, see what your soul turns a into. A screaming, helpless, skinless baby. Yeah, somewhere either caught in purgatory or just... Continual suffering. Continual suffering, essentially. Is, I, I, and I think that's what he's referring to Okay, here. okay, cool. Thank you. This is why I have smarter people than me on the show. <laughs> Harry goes on to say that the Elder Wand is not working for Voldemort because Snape wasn't the true master. 
Voldemort tries to say he killed and Harry interrupts him saying aren't you listening which I love gosh sassy Harry yes go drag him do it he clarifies that Dumbledore's death was planned between them Dumbledore's plan was to die as the true owner of the wand Voldemort tries to brag again but Harry says that he doesn't get it and cites that the wand chooses the wizard book one callback right there what's the callback the wand chooses the wizard oh well Olivander says it any She's chance he gets, and it happens more than so once. Long. Olive, I was again really expecting Olivander to pop up from under a table and scream, "The wand chooses the wizard!" <laughs> or maybe in this case, he was. Is Olivander still alive? He's not dead yet. Yeah, remember he's at Shell Cottage. Right. Okay. I was going to say if he was dead, maybe he could have appeared in the clouds like Mufasa and been like, <laughs> "Simba." The wand chooses. Oh, you do it. You, you're better. Simba, the wand chooses the wizard. <laughs> But yeah, hits him with the wand, chooses the wizard, and Ollivander does a backflip out of joy. There's a lot of Lion King in this episode. <laughs> Today's episode brought to you by Disney. Harry then makes the huge reveal that the true master of the Elder Wand is at first Draco Malfoy because he was able to disarm Dumbledore, who was holding the Elder Wand. Voldemort doesn't think this matters because he says we are just about to duel on skill alone and after I deal with you, I will, quote, attend to Draco Malfoy. I just imagine as soon as Harry says Draco, like everybody, like like, <laughs> like Lucius, Narcissa, and Draco are like sneaking out of the back door or something and everybody turns and stares at them and they're just like mid-sneak. Yeah, rec record scratch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're just like cronk like in, mm. in that scene in the Emperor's New Groove yes, where they're yes, just like yes. against the wall. <laughs> like, who, me? <laughs> but yeah, he's gonna go kill Draco after this. But saying he will attend to him, incredibly yeah. savage. Oh, but yeah. then we get an even bigger reveal because Harry stole Draco's wand using Expelliarmus. So... By somewhat of a legit theory, even though Draco didn't have the Elder Wand, Harry was able to defeat the true owner of the Elder Wand. So it becomes this question, and Harry even poses it, does your wand know that its previous master has been disarmed? And if it does know, it knows that I did it, so I'm the true owner of the Elder Wand. It's really weird because... Maybe Draco was the owner of the Elder Wand, but when Harry defeated him, he didn't defeat the Elder Wand with Draco. Yes. It's like a weird gray area. I don't know how Harry came right. up with this theory, and if he was wrong, that would have been so awkward. <laughs> Definitely. I think it does make a little bit of sense, just because what we have seen with the Elder Wand is that it still works and it's still strong, but it's not perfect unless the owner is using yeah, it. Yeah, it's not so working for So what him. you have is that instead... Voldemort killing Snape and all of that was not necessary. Snape wasn't ever actually the true owner of the wand. So what you have is that from the moment that Draco disarmed the Elder Wand, because he did actively do that, Draco is the only one that can actually control the Elder Wand to its best ability. Dumbledore still had it. Voldemort still stole it. But Snape didn't use the Elder Wand to kill no. Dumbledore, right? No. Right. Does Voldemort think Snape did or does... No. Okay, so so I think that makes even more sense. He just that... doesn't even know that Draco disarmed Dumbledore. Right. Yes. 
So this does give a little more validity to Harry's theory here is that it's more about the person and less about the actual wand. Mm. Because what you have here is that Draco disarmed Dumbledore. Draco is now the true owner of the Elder Wand. All the other stuff happens with Dumbledore dying, Voldemort killing Snape, him getting the Elder Wand, stealing it from Dumbledore's grave. But while all of this is happening, the wand itself knows I'm supposed to be in the hands of Draco Malfoy. Then... Harry disarms Draco. He didn't even disarm him. He, he does wrestle, expel Armis. He wrestles the wand out of his hand, I thought. No, I thought he did expel Armis. Oh, damn movie. I think It's been so long. Oh, they're blurring together for me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does expel Armis because Harry gets the triple wand and then does the uh, the Wolverine style. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah he <laughs> does. In, in, in the movie, which I just, I regret that my memories are being tainted by movie right now. He like wrestles it out of his hands. Yeah. Not what happens. Actually, Pass Mike, this is what happens. Kelly was right. It happens in both the movies and the books. So it's a bit confusing as to how this could really be him disarming Draco. But I guess from the tale of the three brothers, we do get the sense that you don't necessarily have to use Expelliarmus or defeat it in a duel since that first guy, for example, just killed the brother while he was in his sleep and stole it. So I guess this would be something similar to that. So Harry has disarmed Draco. So now the wand realizes, oh, my true master is actually Harry Potter. So that's yeah. how you can see it work. But I do agree with you that it's not super concrete and definitely had the chance to blow up in Harry's face. So when Harry was being very uh, stupid and said Voldemort's name, even though it was taboo, it was all part of the plan. Oh, just like he drew it just, up. Just like he, he drew it up. He always knew <laughs> he had to get to the Malfoy Manor to disarm Draco. <laughs> Uh, That's savvy is, Harry Potter. It is the perfect fitting way for this to all work is like, wait, actually, by complete accident, I'm going to kick your butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then the sunrise comes through the window. So now it is the morning and they do the classic Voldemort shoots Avada Kedavra and Harry shoots Expelliarmus. Love that Harry's never changing. Stick to your guns, Harry. Do what you got to do. Their spells meet in the middle, as they always do when these two nerds fight, and gold flames erupt where the spells collide. And then, I was a little confused on this, but it appears that the second that they collide, the Elder Wand flies out of Voldemort's hand, and Harry, being the good seeker that he is, which is what the narrator Uh, says, uh, and that makes me very upset. that It's like, stop trying to make Quidditch a thing in this book, narrator. We've had the whole book without it. Don't try to put it in here. This is the second time in a couple chapters. They're really trying to get Quidditch in the mix. Harry grabs it with his other hand, and then he has it. Is that what happened? There's no, like, bounce-back charm or something else? Because from reading it, it really makes it seem like the second the spells hit, the wand flies out of his hand. Yes, that's the way it's written. Okay. So what happens next is that Voldemort just falls to the ground lifeless and dies, which I found to be very abrupt. I thought there was going to be a little bit more of a fight between them. Oh, no, I liked what she said. Okay. She said... um, She explicitly calls him Tom Riddle and not Voldemort, which I think is very interesting. She explicitly says Tom Riddle hit the floor with a mundane finality, Mm. which was so, it's so good because that's what... That's what death is. Death is of anybody, whether good or evil. In a lot of ways, it's a very subtle finality that happens. And I I thought that was actually like a very beautiful way of putting it like this great, evil, powerful wizard just like had a mundane death, just kind of like anybody else. I thought that was really cool. That is a good point. It is 
what Voldemort would not have wanted. He would have wanted it oh, to be the yeah. most dramatic. He explodes. I don't and think he the building ever, collapses. I don't think he ever pictured his death because I don't think he ever thought he was going to die. No, but if he did, he would want it to be very big and dramatic and boisterous. So is the reason that he died just because the war, like it, it, I'm assuming it has something to do with the fact that Voldemort decided to shoot Avada Kedavra and then it's like the love charm. It just kind of bounced back and hit him. Is that yeah, what the, happens? What I think happens and what she says, saw the elder one fly high, blah, 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 spinning through the air toward the master. It would not kill. So what I imagine happened is these two spells collide. And what we know from before is that that ball of light moves one way or the mm-hmm. other and whichever way it gets, whenever it gets to one end, that's the spell that takes effect. So these two spells collide and the other one's like, I'm not killing Harry Potter, my master. So this is a very weak spell, which rebounds off of the Expelliarmus and goes back to, to Voldemort. Okay, so it does rebound and go back. It doesn't yeah, just yeah. like oh, conquer it. Um, That's what I'm asking is that the reason Voldemort collapses is because he decided to shoot Avada Kedavra. Voldemort was dead, killed by his own rebounding curse. Ah, there it is. Okay, yep. tight. Well, there it is. Voldemort dies. Yep, yep. <laughs> Long-winded way of saying. Mm-hmm. So the crowd then all rushes Harry with Ron and Hermione hugging him first, then followed by Ginny, Neville, Luna, the Weasleys, Hagrid, Kingsley, McGonagall, Flitwick, Sprout, and then it gets out of hand. I do find it fun that all of his people that he cared about the most hug him first. I don't know if they happen to be standing the closest or they did, but it did make me think it'd be really funny if everyone's all hype and it's like, then Ginny, then Neville, then Slughorn, then Luna. <laughs> At least somebody Harry doesn't like that much. Congratulations. He's like, get out of here. I've got to, I want to see my friends. <laughs> so Harry is a necessary part of all of the celebration. Everyone just wants to celebrate, but he just wants to be with the certain people and really he just wants to be with the squad he just wants point. to sleep really yes, he's just tired he understands what he has to do he knows that he's got to stick around he has a quote from the narrator that says that he had not slept that he craved the company of only a few of them seemed to occur to no one i get it from harry's perspective i also get it from everyone else's perspective that they want to celebrate yeah. Voldemort being dead so yeah. i understand both parties here they also want to grieve with him right some of them have given up their lives or their family's lives and they want they want to be with the person that they did it for right and narrator harry notes that he has to take the time to speak to the bereaved he has to take the time to thank people he has to console these people he hears news such as the innocent people in azkaban getting released and here's a piece of news that i find very exciting in that kingsley shacklebolt is named as the temporary yeah. minister for magic which is very good Yay. it is so good ah oh, makes me super happy i hope that temporary gets dropped and he's just official minister for magic <laughs> They put Voldemort's body away and they put it in a separate part from the good guy's bodies, which I think is nice. I imagine they put it in the chamber off <laughs> to the side where the did you put your name in the goblet of fire happened. Oh, that. I yeah. was imagine I thought you meant he was gonna put it in like the chamber of secrets, like they just put it in a toilet stall. No, <laughs> no but the only side chamber is that one that mm-hmm. where he asked calmly asked calmly asked him. Did you put your name in the goblet of fire? McGonagall replaces all the house tables, but everyone is sitting intertwined. And it's not just people sitting houses intertwined. You have a mixture of students, house elves, ghosts, even Forenzi is there. So it's a really nice image to think of, to envision of everyone just sitting together regardless of who they are, what race of magical creature they are, etc. 
whether they're students, whether they're old, et cetera. I think mm-hmm. it's really nice. The new world is starting right now. Yeah, the better new world. Luna is sitting near Harry. She leans over and says that she would want peace and quiet if it were her. And Harry says that he would love some. So she says that she's going to make a distraction so that he can put on the invisibility cloak and sneak away. So she gets up and screams, ooh, look, a blibbering humdinger, which I wrote down solely for future trivia purposes. We have got to go to some trivia night. Yeah, you want to make some mad money in beer certificates? I'm about to rake up. The dough. I I looked it up. There's a surprising amount in New York City. There's one all the time. There's like one every night. We can go tonight if you want. (laughs) We'll make a killing. So this is fantastic and it works. So he throws the cloak on and while he is leaving, he passes Ginny, who is resting her head on Molly, and he thinks that he wants to go talk to her. He realizes there will be more chances to talk to her. They'll have a lifetime of talking. There will be. Is that actually what the narrator says? Um, He says... Or are you just being cute because they get married? No, I'm pretty sure that's what she says. He says he realizes that there would be hours and maybe even years to talk with her. Nice, nice, nice. He then passes Neville, who is with the Sword of Gryffindor, which is sweet. He sees all the Malfoys huddled together and notes that everyone's just basically ignoring them. And then he goes to Ron and Hermione, reveals that it's him. And as always when he does this, I just imagine Ron and Hermione, when Harry goes up and goes, it's me, they scream, ah, ah, what the fuck? <laughs> which should happen every single time he pulls his move. So they all start to sneak out. Peeves zooms by singing, we did it, we bashed them, we, Potter's the one, and Voldy's gone moldy, so now let's have fun. Ron replies with, really gives a feeling for the scope and tragedy of the thing, doesn't it? Ah. Which is a fantastic (laughs) quote. But I also really like this because I'm not sure if they have said this in the books yet. At one point, somebody mockingly called Dumbledore Dumby, and now Peeves has mockingly called Voldemort Voldy, and these are the two nicknames that I've been giving them in my notes since day one, so I feel very satisfied. Voldy, Dumby, and Harry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I call him HP in the notes. Ah. It's Voldy, Dumby, HP, Hermione. Hermione's just H. Uh, oh, that'd be Herm. And Grindelwald is Grindy. Grindy. <laughs> Hermione's just so many letters. <laughs> it's just easy to go H. Harry knows that happiness eventually will come, but for now he's just way too exhausted and he's still sad about people like Lupin, Tonks, Fred all dying. He just wants to sleep and he's incredibly exhausted, but he knows that he owes an explanation to Ron and Hermione about what happened because they've been with him through and through and they have no idea what transpired. So as a classic move, he decides that he's going to tell them everything that happened, just like every chapter of Harry Mm -hmm. Potter has ended before this. They get up to the gargoyle in front of Dumbledore's office. The narrator describes the gargoyle as looking punch drunk and lopsided, which at first I was like, oh, because he's beat up. And then for a second, I was like, is the gargoyle drunk from celebrations? And then I was like, no, no, no. Punch drunk is you're beat up and looking rough. Oh, is that what it is? I thought it was drunk off of punch. No, that's what (laughs) I my initial thought was beat up. Then I double checked and the Internet did confirm for me. It means like beat up by punches, not. Oh. inebriated from punch. I didn't know that. <laughs> but either way, so either way, it's funny because it just stood out to me because the one of the gargoyles was needlessly sassy before he was asking for the password while the battle's going on. He was like, password! Or at least that's how Stephen Fry read his voice. <laughs> so I thought it would be funny. But yeah, either he's beat up and he's like, I don't give a shit about the passwords or he's drunk and he's like, I don't give a shit about the passwords. But regardless, he 
doesn't ask them for a password. Harry asks, can we just go up? And he says, go for it. <laughs> so they go into Dumbledore's office and there's a loud noise all at once and it makes Harry think of Voldemort and the Death Eaters, but actually it turns out to be all of the headmasters applauding him, which is really sweet. Of course, my homie Phineas Nigelis butts in saying, and Slytherin helped and had their part. Uh-huh, which, uh-huh Yeah, they did a whole lot sure. there, bud. Name one person other than Slughorn that stuck around. He's talking about Snape. Oh, that. I'm pretty sure he's talking about Snape. We did learn that Snape didn't actually do anything to help except reveal to Harry some stuff. Snape really didn't do anything except provide Harry the information that he has to die. Uh... No. Oh, like, he was a dead, a double agent the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he risks his life, life every single day. Right, right, right. My thought was Nigelus was talking specifically about the fight where no celebrity. Oh, I really thought he was talking anything. about Snape. Yeah, I'm sure he did. That's probably, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Pretty sure he's talking, he but still, like, <laughs> still. Cool. One, we one guy. One person. We got that one guy that did a thing. Harry, though, only has eyes for one painting, and I freaked out at this point because it's finally happening. He is finally talking to painting Dumbledore. I've been waiting 36 chapters for this, and it is happening. So he goes up to the painting. He tells Dumbledore right away, hey, what was inside of the snitch, being sure to not explicitly say it so that nobody else freaks out, I dropped it in the forest, and I don't know where it is. I don't think I should go back for it. And Dumbledore confirms, does anyone know where it is? And he said no. And then Dumbledore says that he agrees. He should not go back for it. And he thinks highly of Harry for not wanting to go back for it. Well, I think he's talking in code less so that the people don't freak out and more so that in future generations, one of them doesn't let it slip to somebody. Mm, Yeah, that was my thought. More like nobody can reveal it. That's also very smart. But I do think Harry should go back and get it and hide it better. Yeah, it's just on the floor. It's just on the floor. It will eventually be covered up, but still. I guess. But what if a centaur gets it? Yeah. What if they're doing detention in the Forbidden Forest and someone (laughs) comes across it? Yeah. Maybe J.K. Rowling did this intentionally for a future sequel or something. Teddy finds it. We get our Teddy sequel. I'm still... And he gets to talk to Lupin and talks. Oh my gosh. I am putting stock. I wish I could bet on this. I think the fact that Teddy Lupin was not in Cursed Child means that J.K. Rowling wants to write a Teddy Lupin spinoff. She should. She should. It's a much more interesting story than whatever the crap Cursed Child was. And he finds the Resurrection Stone. And talks to his parents. And talks to his parents. It'd be really good. Oh my gosh, it would be so good. It would make sense for him to be in the Forbidden Forest too because he could be a werewolf and maybe he wants to hide in the Forbidden Forest. I don't think he's a werewolf. I think he should be. Ooh, I wonder if he's like a Animagus. Oh, an Animagus. No, not a, wait, like a... I wonder if he's like a, a what? A, <laughs> ah, you're trying to say that he's a metamorph magus slash werewolf, meaning he's a werewolf that can change his fur into different colors and stuff. Because I've been saying this on a bunch of very recent episodes. Of oh no, I meant that he can turn into a werewolf at will. Oh, and keep, so that would and be an keep his mind. Yeah, that's animagus. Yeah. So you think he would be a werewolf, but animagus werewolf? Mm, instead yeah. of like werewolf werewolf yeah or when he turns every month he keeps his mind and he can have pink fur or whatever fur color he wants yes (laughs) (laughs) but yeah maybe that's why it happened but i'm glad that harry spoke about it in code 
He does tell the painting Dumbledore that he's going to keep the cloak, but he also says that he doesn't want the Elder Wand. Ron asks, are you mental? Which is classic Ron. Harry says that he knows that it's powerful, but he was happier with his own wand. So he takes out his busted ass wand and uses the Elder Wand to do Reparo on it, and it goes back to form. It shoots some red sparks out the end, so he knows that his wand has been fixed. This is the most infuriating thing. Why? I don't remember which episode of Potterless that I was on where I said there were three things that the movie did that really steams my nuggets. Steams your nuggets? I couldn't think of a good way to say this. Steams my nuggets? What? Boils my apples. Grinds your gears. (laughs) Steams my nuggets? You know nuggets are fried. Right, so steaming them would make you really frustrated, right? Sure. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I'm going to make you some steamed chicken nuggets <laughs> when horrible. we get home. <laughs> that sounds so bad. It does. So this steams your nuggets. It steams my nuggets. You know I'm never letting you drop this. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. That really steams my nuggets. God. <laughs> the really sad thing about this is... <laughs> That there's evidence of it, and I can't just say it never happened. I know. And millions of people will listen to it. No. Multiple millions. No, we're cutting it out. We're not. Cutting it out. We're not. Oh, no. Okay. Anyway, what steams your nuggets? What steams my nuggets? I want to own it. What steams my nuggets Mm -hmm. is that, so there were three things that happened in the books that I thought were really important, then the movies ruined them, and this is the one that ruined it most of all. He repairs his wand mm-hmm. in the movie. He does not. Oh, he just uses the Elder Wand? No, he just breaks the Elder Wand in half, throws it away, and then he doesn't have a wand. Or he has Draco's wand, which... Uh... Yeah, which is horrible because it's so it's so symbolic to him putting back together a piece of him that he had mm-hmm. lost. Him kind of like rebuilding himself, gaining back a little bit of his innocence even, or gaining back a little bit of himself at the end of this and rejecting power for himself or for this thing that represents who he is rather than this thing that represents power. And it's just so beautiful. And then in the movie, he like breaks it very reminiscent of like the mean girls breaking the crown at the mm-hmm. end <laughs> and he just breaks it and throws it out and you're just like what that that's also really bad because we've seen instances of people repairing broken wands and then using them again so that opens the door what i think is really nice about harry's approach to this is his entire plan is for him to dive natural causes so that the elder wand just dies and well, no one else has it I don't think that you can repair a wand that's broken. They couldn't repair Harry's wand, which wasn't even entirely broken. It was just mostly broken. Yes, I agree. And they couldn't repair Ron's wand, which got broken the second book. So by breaking it in half, I think it's pretty securely broken. And then if he dies a natural death, its power is gone anyway. I think it would be securely broken for most people. But you could say that there is the chance that Mm -hmm. some really powerful wizard gets a hold of it and makes this his life mission to repair the other wand. Ollivander gets a hold of it and for studying purposes Mm. wants to put it back together. And then the wand chooses the wizard, of course, as we all know. Yeah, that's gross. Man, I'm really not looking it's, forward to eight. I haven't seen eight yet. I've seen seven and I thought it was really good. Yeah, seven seven is good. The whole animated thing where they do the three brothers it's was really beautiful. Super sweet. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. 
So I liked the seventh movie a lot. I'm terrified for the eighth when movie. When are you going to watch it? Uh, next time I'm hanging out with Johnny. Okay. <laughs> or we can watch it. No, you can watch it with Johnny. I just want to watch that Come one. I just want to watch that one scene with you. It doesn't have to be the first time you watch it. Okay. Cool, I'd cool, like cool, to watch cool, it cool. with you. We can hang with Johnny. Yes. <laughs> Johnny's a good dude. So Harry says that he wants to put the Elder Wand back where it came from. I'm assuming he means back in Dumbledore's tomb? Yeah. Okay, cool. I was making sure he wasn't trying to find the original Elder Tree and this is a whole new <laughs> Ooh, interesting. adventure. No, I, I think he's still speaking in code. Right. Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. He asks Dumbledore, if I die of natural causes, that'll be the end of the wand, right? And Dumbledore nods. They smile at each other. Ron asks if he's sure with a bit of longing, the narrator notes, and Hermione butts in to quietly say that she thinks that Harry is right. Harry then ends it with, quote, that wand's more trouble than it's worth. And quite honestly, I've had enough trouble for a lifetime. Which would be perfect end of book words. Mm -hmm. I think it just is so... That'd be a perfect way to it end it. It is an absolutely perfect ending. Yes. There is no better way to end this book. There is no better way to end the series. Oh, epilogue, 19 years later. JK tried to end uh, it differently. I hate it, 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 I hate it. It's not that I hate the epilogue itself so much. It's just that I hate that this is not the end of the book because this ending is so nice yes it's like you've just eaten this great meal or this great dessert and you have the final bite and you're so satisfied and you just think ah amazing i'm so satisfied and then there's one little cookie left on a tray and you think oh i could have a cookie and you eat the cookie and then it's actually oatmeal chocolate chip and not regular chocolate chip Ooh. and then you're disgusted well that sounds good but I mean, oh, I, it's, it's I, chips ahoy it's not what you're, there you go it's a chips ahoy cookie you grab an oreo and it's not an oreo it's one of those oreo thins where it has half the cream <laughs> and then there's no more food and you you hate that the taste left in your mouth is from this gross disgusting thing that shouldn't exist sure yes that's mm. what it is and now that we've seen cursed child mm -hmm. i only see this through the right. lens of of that now which doesn't which is, even have teddy tonks in it which is very frustrating mm -hmm. and i just <sighs> it's just bad it's just it's unnecessary and apparently what someone has told me is that jk did it so that she wouldn't be tempted to make sequels of sorts and to give some sort of closure, well, look, we got Cursed Child, which everybody universally loves and, and thinks is very good. If she didn't want to make sequels and other books, then why is she doing the Fantastic Beasts now? Have you heard of this thing called money? Yeah, but why didn't she think about it then? It would have been better to... Oh, I just... Nah. Nah. J.K. Rowling wants to get that bread in any chance she can. And that's why she's doing bullshit things like pretending she's writing these History of Magic books that she's not writing. Well, then where is our Teddy Lupin spinoff? I hope that's what this is all a ruse, is that all this Harry Potter stuff that's been coming out that she has a hand in but doesn't actually do anything it's towards. because she's busy. I hope it's because she's busy writing the Ted Lupin story mm. and she's making sure it's perfect. Because if she actually does write another real book again, I think that's going to be incredibly scrutinized. And if it's not good, which I think it will be, if it's not good, people will riot. Yeah. People will absolutely riot. It'll be like Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, finale all over again. Mm -hmm. Yep, I rioted. You know, <laughs> Cersei and D Daenerys. Am I right? Uh, I'm. I'm glad Coffee Cup ended up okay though. <laughs> Coffee Cup's my favorite character. <laughs> This is a good place to remind everybody that Mike has not read <laughs> or watched Game of Thrones. Uh, much like Jon Snow, I know nothing. 
Hey. Well, you knew that, so. True. Oh, past Mike, always not having read or watched things. What a silly boy you are. One day you'll make Godderless, won't you? Who's to say? Until then, it's time for Wingardium Adridosa. Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Shaker and Spoon. Let's say hypothetically that you are a Hogwarts student and you're looking to throw some sort of party, but you can't go all the way to Hogsmeade. You want to still have it in the dorms, but you don't want to leave. You want to host this party at home. What's a way that you could do this? You could use Shaker and Spoon. Shaker and Spoon is a delivery service that sends you all of the ingredients and instructions to make various fancy cocktails. All you need to do is provide the booze, they provide everything else, and they provide you with enough to make four servings of three different drinks that all use the same liquor. I've done a bunch of boxes with Shaker and Spoon. They've all been fantastic. I've done it with whiskey. I've done it with tequila. I've done it with rum. Really good stuff, affordable stuff, and especially affordable if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash wizard on because you will get $20 off your first box. These boxes usually go between $40 and $50, so that's about half price. That's a lot of savings. So go to shakerandspoon.com slash wizardon and you can make some fancy drinks for your friends and everyone will think you are a very impressive human being today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are, so it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club, and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want, and then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me, and then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash potter. Listen, wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash potterless for 10% off your first purchase. So if you want to collect some cards or rip open some packs in a more transparent way, whether you're a sports nerd or a Pokemon nerd or all sorts of nerds like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. So, really quickly, let's just get through the epilogue. I don't like it at all. 
but here we go. Uh, we're just going to hit mainly the facts because the story is basically they drop off kids at school. Yep. So it's King's Cross go to Hogwarts Day. Harry, we learn, has a daughter named Lily who is two years away from going to Hogwarts. So she's eight or nine years old, depending on whenever her birthday falls. His older son, James, is teasing his younger son, Albus Severus Potter, about being in Slytherin. And I've known this. I've known this from the beginning that he names his middle name Severus after Snape. He goes on later in this epilogue to reveal why he does that. But even if you think Snape is a good dude, I'm not a big fan. There are better father figure people in Harry's life. You've got Sirius, you've got Lupin. Mm -hmm. There's better people that were just loyal and good to Harry his whole life, like Hagrid. I don't understand why he wasn't Albus Lupin Potter, Albus Remus Potter, Albus Rubius Potter. There's so many other names he could have gone with. The other thing is you've got all of these people who are from Harry's life that are dead. First of all, James and Lily are great names, but it's a little weird. Yes. Like, it's a little weird to be calling your kids by your parents' names. And it's just, I know people do it, but it's just a little strange. There are people on Ginny's side who have died who, if they really want these to be like reminiscent names or like honoring people, there's Fred, there's her uncles, there's her dad, who's not dead, but you don't have to wait for somebody to die. Albus Fred Potter. Yeah, Fred Albus Potter. Mm, I do like it being Albus. I do like Al as the nickname. For yeah, Albus. and I like Albus just as a name name because Dumbledore's a thousand years old, so it's yeah. an old school name that doesn't come around a lot. That's true. Do you want to name our kids Albus? No, <laughs> I do not. Because then everyone will be Could like, be "Oh, big Harry Potter!" Oh, oh my gosh, we're not even gonna have a Harry Potter themed we would, wedding. We are not we having Harry Potter die. themed children. We would just no. Gosh. Oh no. Stop. Stop suggesting that Kelly and I have a Harry Potter themed wedding. We're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Not at all. But I just, it's, uh, I, uh, uh, let's go on because we can talk about more of it. But James is teasing Albus about being in Slytherin and Albus is what like, jerk. Ah, I don't want to be in. Yeah, we learned James Potter aptly named because his kid, much like his dad, jerk. Yeah. Albus wants Harry and Ginny to write to him, but not every day because he says most kids only get letters once a month. Ginny reveals that they wrote to James three times a week. <laughs> so I do like this. So they meet up with the Weasleys at King's Cross. We learn that... Ron and Hermione have a daughter named Rose and a son named Hugo. Hugo also is too young to go to Hogwarts. Rose is just about to go into her first year, same age as Albus. I like that they have two kids that are not named after anybody. Yeah, it's just good <laughs> you names. Know, just name your kids. I also like that they broke the Weasley naming convention of just like boring white dude names. Fred, Charles. Hugo. Well, yeah, it's Fred, Charles, George, Bill, Ron. <laughs> Hugo! <laughs> I do like that. So that's fun. The Rose and Lily thing uh, is a little uh, yeah. a little hokey for me, but whatever. I feel like they shouldn't have named their daughter Lily. No, they shouldn't have. If you really want to name a kid after your son. Hey, editing Mike again. Clearly, I meant if you want to name a kid after your father, naming a kid after your son doesn't make any sense because your son is your kid. So he, of course, would be named after himself. I would like to do if we have a son I would like to name him Joel but if we have a daughter if that's the given more of so just like naming both of the kids after Harry's parents is weird like Ginny yeah. should be able the, it yes. does, not that it has to be the boy to the boy and the girl to girl but like if they were going to no. go with Lily let James's name be 
Fred. Or if they're going with James, let Lily's name be not my daughter, you bitch. (laughs) 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 Paying homage to the true shining star of the books. Yeah, no, I just think it's weird that you've got at least four names. We don't know the middle names of the other kids, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But you got like four names that are all like people that Harry loved that died. Ginny has people that she loved that died too. Very true. Very, very true. And it's also just really weird. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Speaking of weird, um, what else we got in this freaking epilogue? (laughs) There is one funny thing about this epilogue. There's a couple funny things, actually. First, Ron, we learn, has passed a muggle driving test. Oh, yes. Harry asks if Ron has parked okay. And he says yes, saying that Hermione never believed that he'd be able to pass a muggle driving test without confunding the instructor. But then he whispers to Harry that he did, in fact, have to confund the instructor because he forgot to look at the wing mirror, which I'm assuming is the British version of the side view mirror. And he says he would just use a super sensory charm, which is cool. And I wish that I had that. That sounds amazing. I I forgot about that. That was really funny. Mm -hmm. Then Ron is gone full Fred, where he's just very silly and is razzing his kid. He goes up to Rose, who is very nervous, and says, if you're not in Gryffindor, I will disinherit you. But no pressure. Hermione yells, Ron! Disinherit rather than disown. Mm -hmm. Very Very British. (laughs) Draco then shows up with Scorpius Malfoy. Yeah, that's bad. Scorpius. There's no no nickname for that either. Puss? Scorp? Scorp? Scorpy? Scorp. Scorp. They've named their kid Scorpion, basically. He sounds more like a Transformer than a human. Yeah. This is my child, Scorpius. Like, he tries to give his kid the most intimidating, cool-sounding name ever. But, like, can you imagine as, like, a two-year-old being like, Scorpius, come here. Yeah, like, (laughs) what? Ugh. It makes me so sad that he went with Scorpius. Puss. Ugh. I hate it. 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 Then Ron says to Rose, make sure you beat him in every test, Rosie, which love that Ron is just really setting his kid up for success. Age 11, putting a bunch of prejudice into her. (laughs) He goes on to say, Granddad Weasley would never forgive you if you married a pureblood, which I actually think is a fun twist on the common, at least in this series, trope of you should want to marry a pure blood, Ron has flipped it That's saying the that joke you should... he's making. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny. Oh. <laughs> I'm saying it's good. And it's a fun flip on it. He's still filling her with prejudice though. Yeah, but at least it's good prejudice. Yeah. But it is bad in that he's saying inherently that pure bloods are bad. So it's yeah. not the best. Can we just agree that no one's bad and just marry whoever you feel like? That would be nice. That would be nice. We also learn that Teddy Tonks, who is older, mm-hmm. is snogging Victoire. Is that how you pronounce her name? Victoire. 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 He's snogging Victoire. Victoire is Bill and Fleur's kid. Yes. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yes. And Teddy is Tonks and Lupin's. So that's a fun pair. I wonder what the age gap there is because it says he's dropping her off. He's not in school anymore. Teddy isn't? Yeah, because 19 years later, he's 19. Oh. Yeah, he's 19. So this girl, maybe she's like 16 oh. or 17. Oh, no. Yeah, so there's an age difference there. Oh. Which, like, it's fine. it's fine. And this is something that has come up with the Crumb Hermione thing, and people love to remind me this on Twitter every day, that uh, Hermione's like, birthday's early, so there was only like a two-year age gap. It's less of the age gap. It's more of that at 17, Crumb is a adult in the wizarding world, and Hermione's a minor. Right. And if they're dating and they're at school, sure, but he asks her to stay at his house in a foreign country for the summer, 
And that's not something an adult should be asking a minor. Yeah. So maybe so maybe hopefully she's they did this in the nicest possible best way. Maybe she's is she did they they don't say her age, so maybe she's going into her seventh year and they just yeah. started dating. Maybe she's seventeen and he's nineteen. And he was very respectful and he waited until she turned seventeen to yeah. start dating her. Yep. Good. That's the headcanon I have for Teddy Lupin. Yep. Ginny tells the Potters to give their love to Neville, and they're like, Mom, we can't give our love to Neville. He's a professor. And they reveal that he's the herbology professor. Yeah. Ginny and Harry reassure them, no, but you know Neville, so it's okay. So I like the things that we learn. Some of them are very nice. Yeah. In that Teddy Lupin is doing well, and Neville is a professor, and he's still friends with Harry and Ginny and Ron and Hermione. So that's nice. So where's Sprout now? If he's the professor. I assume she's passed. Where's McGonagall? Oh, McGonagall is still alive. Don't worry. <laughs> Maybe Sprout just retired. Yeah. Sprout and Hooch retired in upstate. I don't know any states uh, in upstate England. Upstate UK. Upcountry up England. Country. Uh, wait, I'm trying to think of. Uh, Wales. Uh, no. Well, they retired oh, to Wales. Well, what's a, what's a, they, they retired in Brighton. It's a city uh, I sure. know that apparently is like a nice place. It's it like is. a little out of the city and a little more settled down. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Dottie? Brighton is not a common place for older people to retire in the UK. It's a student town, hasn't always been, is now. Eastbourne, which is nearby, is a much more common place to retire. But I don't see Sprout retiring there. I think she'd go to Cornwall, where they have the Eden Project, which is a massive greenhouse. Um, I think she'd really love it. And there's lots of beaches. Nice. <laughs> so that's where Sprout and Hooch are. And then it wraps up with just before they get onto the train, Albus runs back to Harry and says he's worried. What if I am in Slytherin? And Harry does say a really nice thing of, well, then Slytherin House will be very lucky to have you. You're Albus Severus Potter. You're named after someone who was in Slytherin and he was possibly the bravest man I know. And I do not think that he is the bravest man that Harry knew. It seems like an interesting thing to uh, say. He's very, he was very brave. He risked his life every day for no recognition. Yeah. And that was brave. Yeah. Uh, he just, was a lot of things, but that yeah. was objectively a brave thing to sure. do. And then they just ride off onto the Hogwarts Express, and that's the end of the epilogue. There was there was one funny thing. <laughs> somebody, I think somebody posted it in the Potterless group. Okay, I don't remember who it was, but they said when they were flipping through chap, like when they first got the book, and they like were flipping through just to, like find where they were, they accidentally flipped. And at the very top of the page, it says, Ginny kissed Albus goodbye. And, <laughs> and they were just like, oh, man, that's a spoiler. And I think that's just the funniest that's thing. That's very good. So that's the epilogue. That's the epilogue. But anyway, how do you feel about the end of chapter 36, which was actually uh, yes. good? Let's go back Let's to go being back happy. to that. Yes. How do you feel about from the duel on? I feel relieved that you and I can finally... Speak openly. Yeah, it's really nice. Everyone was asking, how do you feel now that you're done? And I just felt relieved. Yeah. It's just nice to not have to worry about posts or things people send me or going to panels. Like, I'm going to LeakyCon next week, and I am now able to go to a lot of panels. Ooh. And now they've put me on five panels because I can just talk about anything. And I feel bad for every panel that I've ever been on with other people where I had to say, hi, everyone, please don't say anything past wherever I am in the books. And then people <laughs> have to bite their tongue. four of book 
before. I had to do that like, a couple times. And I will say, I got to give a huge shout out to every single person that's been on the podcast because no Potterless guest spoiled a single thing for me, or at least I didn't realize it if anyone did. Woohoo! Some people came close. Alex Moothart in episode one yeah. almost ruined that Fred died, but I didn't learn anything that I didn't know from a guest going in because of the podcast, and that's super nice. What were the... The, the two girls that were really funny. Uh, and one of them kept oh, almost Will, spoiling. Oh, Robin and Bayana from yeah. Wizard Team. And I they had kept almost spoiling. It was so I, funny. I edited a couple of them out. And there were still four or five instances where it was specifically just Robin that almost kept ruining yeah. stuff. Bayana was on her game. Robin kept doing it. And it they so had to have funny. a couple times where I had to take off my headphones and they would talk back and forth. So those got edited out. But the other ones it kept in. But yes, I didn't get spoiled. So, so funny. It is a relief. To not have to worry yes, about it anything else. And I think it's a very good final chapter, too. It's incredible. It's yeah. hard to end stuff. There's a lot of really mm-hmm. powerful series, Game of Thrones most notably. There's a lot of things that just go on for a really long time, and then the ending leaves people unsatisfied. Yeah. Seinfeld, everyone hated the ending of that. Just usually people are not happy with the way things end mm-hmm. because they have made it up in their mind or they say, oh, this character wouldn't act this way. I've never heard a single person complain about book seven except for the camping chapters. I've never heard a single person be like, I really hate the way it ended or stuff like that. I think, and you got to give a huge shout out to JK. I think she did a great job of ending the series. It's not easy to do, especially with something of this magnitude like Harry Potter. It's somewhere between putting too pretty of a bow on it and just like blowing up the whole world. Right. It's like somewhere in between there, which is what makes it really good and almost believable too. Right. Which is why the epilogue is so bad because then it just puts too pretty of a bow on it. And you're yeah. like, no, 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 no. Go back to when the bow was all crumpled and not right. quite right. I think that's what makes it good is that it isn't perfect. And mm-hmm. I hate that J.K. Rowling every year now, or at least she had a span where on the day of the Battle of Hogwarts, she would do an annual tweet apologizing for a death. She yeah. released a tweet apologizing for killing Dobby. Don't. I think it's really nice that he died the way he did. Not that I'm happy he that he died. He didn't die on the day of the battle. No, though. but she's. I, she I, did it for like Colin Creevy and she stuff did it like for that. Creevy. She did it for Snape and she did it for Dobby. The Colin Creevy one, maybe, but like Snape's death, I think, is fitting and needed to happen. And same with Dobby's. Don't apologize for it, JK. You did it very well. And I think if nobody died or nobody important died, not just, it, I think it would, it's good the way it is. And yeah. I like that it isn't perfect to quote pride and prejudice talking about mr darcy he's perfect in his imperfections the fact that it isn't all 100 percent wonderful makes it more believable and yeah. more real so yeah. i think she did a fantastic job it's stellar and i think she should be proud of it i think so too i don't think she's apologizing for killing them i think she's apologizing that they died uh, no she, i i could read the I actually tweets, haven't seen but them, so I don't yeah know. she's like i'm sorry she says like i'm sorry for killing snape i'm sorry for killing dobby oh, i'm sure she's gotten a lot of hate about different things though uh yeah well maybe because she does bad things sometimes <laughs> but anyway good things this episode was fun Kelly, yeah. thank you for coming on and rounding out the series with me I couldn't think of a more fitting person to have since you are a huge reason as to why Potterless exists oh, thanks. so thank you for being the motivation for me to want to read these books thank you for offhandedly mentioning that <laughs> one time when we were hanging out in Paris that you really liked Harry Potter I don't even remember that <laughs> I think it was the same night where you asked about my New Jersey accent and I showed you that YouTube video of mine where it had me when I was like nine and Mm, I showed you mm -hmm. that. We were like sitting on like a bus stop and we watched that. Mm -hmm. I think it was that night. You also mentioned like you really like Harry Potter. 
I don't remember. And I'm then, glad it made such a lasting impact on you. Well, I wanted excuses to talk to you. So I <laughs> went into my apartment and thought to myself, okay, I need more excuses to talk to this girl. I'll start doing this podcast idea that I came up with a month or two ago. And you lit the fire under my butt. And now here's Potterless. Woo. And now we're in a multitude studio and I have a job and Brandon's there and all of this happened. So thank you. I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. I didn't really do much. <laughs> you, hey, you were the catalyst and you helped and I really do appreciate it. But thanks for being on. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. The series of Potterless does not end here. As I've said multiple times, but I will continue to say just to make sure people know, the movie episodes are coming. Those retrospective look back episodes where I'm going to talk to all of the past guests are coming. That's going to be the equivalent of a reread without me actually having to do a gross thing where I say, oh, it's the tale of a grown man reading the books for a second time. Like, that'd be awful. It'll go faster, too. Yes. It won't be like chapter by chapter. It will not be. It'll be multiple people in an episode, but that'll be a fun way to look back. You'll get to read the books like a real human now. I just know. Just all the way through. Wild. I can bring them on the beach. Wow. Beach reads. When are we going to the beach? I don't know. <laughs> Tonight. But we're not stopping here. We're doing the movies. We're doing this. We're doing the spinoff books. We're doing so many other things. I want all of you to stick around for the ride. It's been fun so far, and I honestly think it's going to be just different fun going forward. I really want to do silly things like an episode about Birdie Bot's Beans. I want to do an episode about the Quidditch World Cup PlayStation 2 video game. It's going to be super hype and I'm excited and I hope you all stick around. But thank you all so much for listening to this episode and for listening to the whole podcast up until this point. I had no idea this would be 90 plus episodes to get through all the books, but I'm excited it took this long and I'm really looking forward to where things go. Is there any chance you can edit this to be episode 100? I would have to put a bunch of stuff in between and people would be really mad at me. People really didn't like when I did a bonus episode in between the Harry dying and King's Cross chapter. So oh. I'm not going to do that. But it would be incredibly fitting if it happened to be 100. Maybe just skip a few numbers. <laughs> yeah, we'll make this episode 100 and then the next one will be episode like 92 or whatever it actually <laughs> is. But anyway, thank you so much. And as they say in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, before they finally finish some children's books that took them three years to read. Oh my goodness, it's been so long. It has been. A wizard on! All right, we're good, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Now that this first part of the Potterless saga is complete, I would absolutely love it if you could think of someone that would enjoy this series that hasn't heard of it yet. And why don't you tell them about it? It really would help the show grow, especially as we are going into this new phase, which is scary because I don't know what exactly is going to happen. But if you could help spread the show, that would help me so much and it would mean the world to me. Potterless is created by Mick Schubert. It is hosted by Mick Schubert. It is edited by Mick Schubert. It is produced by Mick Schubert as well as Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Jesse Horgan, Natalie Klobuchar, Klaus Lopu, Frank Chiodo, Marchismo, Samantha Rose, Juan Sanfilio, Abita Med, Rosemary Dodge, Maria Lisa Sikin, Romina Rivadanira, Camille Doc, Russell Dunk, Audra, Eleanor Curlin, Sydney Cawthorn, Rosa and Batamana, Nikita Power, Taylor Armstead, Ali Madsen, Amelia Krauss, Sean Montag, Sarah Nink, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Orchid Grower, Vivian, Owl Takari Arant, Haley Hastings, Not My Moster, You Bitch, Angelina Wither, Ross Marie Heisa, Alex Bischolta, Brian Williams, Caitlin Sullivan, Grace Riggles, Raul Pineda, Ingen Odstadter, Mari Wynn, Alex Consolver, John Kotker, Noel Basile, Tao, Emily Tyrell, Robin Fernandez, Will Barrington, Liz Bigelow, Mariah Noah, Brandon Pickens, Sarah Enslin, Claire Spencer, Rory Collier, Gloria Gillum, Sarah and Patrick Donifon, Ali Cap 29, Hallie Bowen, Veronica Bartova, Kevin Harnoy, Lada Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Colleen, Jennifer Marklu, Friday J. Svedson, Ivor Peterson, Naomi Guglielmo, Tyler Latchaw, Summer Rathal, Heather Fleischman, Vera Coltham, Carrie D. Bagson, Andrea Crock, Elisa Grieven, Lynn Walker, Cameron Watkins, Justin Montero, Christine Saunders, Jacob Parrish, Toothless Walnut, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Surgeon Thon Megupton, 
Panetta, Atabani, Tumnus Moran, Remy Fontaine, Mats Furley, Sarah Shecker, Nona VM, Zena Rosnowski, Colleen Mage, Harlan Haskins, Sheldorf, Noelia, Addy, Brian, Jenny Campione, Nikki Harris, Cara Hamilton, Dorcas, Courtney Hemwood, Kine, Amanda Alfred, Sabrina, Alicia McLaren, Kafir Shaltiel, Lindy Plackey, Martha Madueno, Benjamin Desmond, Skyward Six, Sarah Shetter, Peter Vostanek, Marta Morrison, Stephanie Magnuson, Justine Wade, Aaron Richter, CJ Ochoco, Eileen Gazesh, Violet Sullivan, Kat Yowell, Lindsay Towning, Fielding Lee, Keegan Curran, Miranda Manning, Gail Ann, Mr. Folk, Heather McMillan, Adam Bryan, Christina Walton, Maya, Zachary Davis, Kieran, Heaven, Callahan, Andaris, Christy, Lily Leader, Williams, Wire Warrior, 4976, Floor Sake, Sierra Scarsfjord, Georgia, Vilay Donner, Itzel Aime Ayala, Mitch Williams, Al Vega, Peter Wyckoff, Candy Kane, Skyla Lily, Adele Ryan, Professor Threat, Kelsey Ulesian, Ellie Hoskovchova, Kelly Maynard, Aluba Maleo, Akinwande, Lena Karen, Daniel Fulkerson, Rebecca Todd, Lee Lili, Elizabeth Christofferson, Abby, Lika Faccio, Michael David Yordi, Nice Earmuffs Potter, did your mum make them for you? Cara Hoyer, Tiffany Cottrell, Kelly Otilio, Nadia Vansgard, Andrea, Courtney Telfer, Galactic Sparkle Cat, Carrie Crumpler, Jamie Kingston, Lissy, Camilo Garcia, Connie Bienkowski, Janet Noel Dettili, Mary Matille, Imo Sarah, Jennifer Went, Mylan Ilstad Johansson, Anastasia Blake, Jaden Allman, Nedry OS, Matt Barger, Riley Lane, Will Huser, Zephyr Lawrence, Artemis Peters, Brett Clausen, Connor Snell, Kayla Simino, Aurora Fruhoff, Emma Clark, Hermani Snape, Can't I Potter? And yes, I can! Web design by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Campamanis. If you want to find us on social media, you can at Facebook.com slash Potterless, Twitter.com slash Pod, Instagram.com slash Podcast, or Reddit.com slash r slash Potterless. All information about the show lives at PotterlessPodcast.com. Merchandise lives at bit.ly slash Merchon. And bonus content lives at Patreon.com slash Potterless. If you could tell a friend about the show or leave a review online, that helps so much. And until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, a wizard on! Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.